Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We are currently in the series, The Road No One Can Travel Except Jesus. We hope it's a blessing to you. Happy Easter. Thank you for being at Valley Point Church today. It is truly an honor to celebrate this holiday with you. Here's what I want you to do. You were given a connection card when you walked in the door. If you would take that out and just begin filling out the information there, that would be great. You can fill out one per family. That is perfectly fine. If you are with us for the very first time, welcome. Really grateful that you're here. And I hope that today is a meaningful and memorable experience for you. If you would simply fill out as much information as you're comfortable with, that would be helpful. At the end of our gathering today, I'll talk to you about the next steps on the other side of the card and then what we will do with these connection cards. So thank you so much for taking care of that. Easter is a special day. It's a special day. And here's why. It is a celebration of history's greatest event, a shocking event, actually, where a dead man came back to life. This is the grand story of Jesus. It is the culmination of his life's work. It is the closing chapter after some very scary events where many people really wondered if Jesus was who he claimed to be. This is Easter. I'd like to ask and answer one question today. Does that sound okay? Great. Here's the question. Why does Jesus' resurrection matter? Why? We're here on this Easter thinking about this event. Whether we believe in it or not is probably a different story. We're here, though, gathered thinking about the resurrection of Jesus. So why does it matter? I think that's a fair question to ask. Maybe you're here in the room and you don't believe in all of this. But someone invited you and it's Easter Sunday and you're supposed to go to church on Easter Sunday. And so you're here. I want to let you know that I'm glad that you're here. And I want to ask that question for you. Some of you are here and you do believe in Jesus. Maybe you would even say that you have trusted in him alone to rescue you and that he is your friend. I want you to know that I'm glad that you're here. And I want to ask that question for you as well. Maybe you're in the room and you're okay with Jesus, but let's not get too carried away with all of this. Perhaps you'd even describe yourself as an optimistic skeptic. I want you to know I'm glad that you're here. And I want to ask this question for you as well. We're all in the room together, gathered at this time, and that's great. And so let's wrestle with this question. Why does the resurrection of Jesus matter? Now, to answer that question, I want to share with you our walking path for today, just so that you know where we're going throughout our time together. I want to start by sharing a big idea with you, and that'll kind of frame our conversation. And then we're going to talk about Thomas Jefferson. Surprise, 
Why not? And I'll give you some detail about that. So Thomas Jefferson will give some information about him and what that means for Easter. And then we're going to dive into Luke chapter 24. This is one of the resurrection chapters. And so we're going to walk through some of those verses as we seek to answer this question. And then we'll wrap it up with some takeaways for everyone in this room. So big idea to frame the conversation. Thomas Jefferson, Luke 24, and then some takeaways. Does that make sense? Probably not. So I'm going to do my best to make sense of this for everybody here on Easter Sunday. So let's begin with our big idea. And I would encourage you to write this down. Here it is. And again, this kind of frames our conversation. The resurrection of Jesus matters because it makes peace possible. And that really is the short answer to our question. What's so important about this event? This is the short answer. We're going to keep thinking about it today. But the resurrection of Jesus matters because it makes peace possible. Okay, let's think about Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States, a revolutionary hero, a founding father, principal author of the Declaration of Independence. When we think about our country, Thomas Jefferson is kind of a big deal. Again, he wrote the Declaration of Independence, a founding father. We probably know most of these details about the life and the person of Thomas Jefferson. What many of us may not be familiar with is that shortly before his death at the age of 83 in 1820, Thomas Jefferson put together an 84-page Bible. It wasn't the complete Bible. It was his attempt to reconcile or to make sense of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the first four books of the New Testament. They're called the Gospels because they share the good news about Jesus and his life and what he said and what he did. Thomas Jefferson was a fan of Jesus. In particular, he really enjoyed his philosophical thinking and his moral teaching. He enjoyed what Jesus said and would read through that and study that and seek to understand the words of Jesus. But what we know based on historical account is that Thomas Jefferson had a hard time with the miraculous activity of Jesus. He didn't understand it. It was difficult for him to explain. And so he just kind of pushed the miraculous elements to the side. Again, a big fan of Jesus. What he said, his thinking and his teaching, but struggled with the miracles. And maybe some of you feel the same way about Jesus. So here's what Thomas Jefferson did. He got a copy of the Bible and got a pair of scissors and just went to town. And he cut out the teachings of Jesus and put that together in the order that he wanted it to appear. And he created this 84-page Bible known as the Jefferson Gospel. I think Thomas Jefferson would have loved the copy and paste feature that we all enjoy on our computers today. Like he would have been a big fan and who knows what he could have accomplished if he had that feature, right? Missing from the Jefferson Bible is the resurrection of Jesus. There's no coming back to life story. The Jefferson gospel ends with the body of Jesus being placed in the tomb 
on that Good Friday. Now, here's the problem with all of that. In addition to it just being kind of hopeless, the teachings of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus cannot be divided. They actually work together. The sayings of Jesus, the philosophical thinking, and his great moral teaching, they actually work together with his miracles, and here's why. The miracles demonstrate that Jesus was more than just a philosophical thinker and a great teacher. They demonstrated that he was and he is God. In Jefferson's Bible, Jesus comes across as a little soft and a little safe. But here's the deal. Jesus wasn't safe. Jesus wasn't status quo. And to put him into that box completely discredits Both what he said and what he did, it discredits his greatest miracle, his resurrection. And it discredits those eyewitness accounts who said that they saw Jesus alive after his death, which is all part of the historical account. That takes us to Luke chapter 24. And so if you have a Bible or a device, I would encourage you to find this great chapter that gives us some detail about the resurrection of Jesus. I'm not going to read through everything here, but I would encourage you maybe today as you have some downtime and you're thinking about Christ and what he has done for you and for us, that you would read through this entire chapter. It's amazing. So what we find in the opening verses, in verses 1 through Verse 12, it's the account of the empty tomb. So on, the, on that Easter morning, some followers of Jesus went to the tomb and they had burial spices. They were going there to care for a dead body. When they get there, there's no Jesus. He's gone. And it's still not clicking for them that maybe he came back to life. He said this was going to happen. They were rather discouraged and there's no Jesus at the tomb. That's what we find in verses 1 through 12. Well, then in verses 13 through 34, the resurrected Jesus, the living Jesus, he makes an appearance with a couple that's walking back home. They had been in Jerusalem. They'd been in the big city and they had watched all of the events surrounding the arrest of Jesus, his beatings, his eventual death and his body being placed in the tomb. They were aware of all of this because they loved Jesus. And now they're leaving the city. They're going back home. The dream is over. Jesus is gone. Hope is lost. Well, as they're traveling, Jesus makes an appearance to them, and they don't recognize that it's him. And he has a conversation with them where he talks about some things that were going to happen to him, and he kind of opened their eyes a little bit, and then he left. And it was at that moment where they recognized we were just talking to Jesus, and he is alive. And so they go back into the city. They find the rest of the followers to say, you're not going to believe this. But we were on our way home, and Jesus appeared to us, and we had a conversation with him. He is alive. He's alive. That brings us to verse 36 in Luke chapter 24. Here's what it says. And just as they, the couple, were telling the other followers about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Peace be with you. 
Now, I want you to think about that phrase for a moment and hang on to that. If you like to underline or circle in your Bible, I would encourage you to do that to that phrase, peace be with you. This is actually the answer to our question. Why is the resurrection of Jesus so important? Why does it matter? It's because Jesus has the authority and the ability to say things like this to us and to bring and initiate peace. In the construction of this sentence, this word peace here means exactly what you think it would mean. It means to be free from worry. And so after all of the discouraging events that the followers of Jesus had observed, his death and how terrible all of that was, here is Jesus alive standing before them saying, free yourself from worry. That's what you need to do. Well, it doesn't seem to work because here's how the followers respond. Verse 37. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. They're freaked out a little bit here, right? It's not every day you see a dead person come back to life. So they're kind of tipped over. And Jesus asks, why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief. But their thinking is changing a little bit. Lights are coming on in their mind because it says here, they were filled with joy and wonder. It's him. Then Jesus asked them, and I think this is the greatest question in scripture. Do you have anything here to eat? (laughs) Right? Easter is about food, isn't it? There's great food on Easter. Even now, some of you are wondering about food and if I'm going to get done in time so that you can get out of here and enjoy all of your food. I get it. Even Jesus thought that way. You could almost imagine that he looked at them and said, you know, look, I've had a rough couple of days here. Is there anything to eat in this house? Verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Okay, back to the question and the big idea. Why does Jesus' resurrection matter? Well, it matters Because he is the one who initiates peace. He's the one who makes peace possible all through his death and his resurrection. It initiated peace. I love how another New Testament writer describes this. This is in Ephesians chapter 2. These are really powerful words. Once you, all right, so this is all of us. Put yourself in here. Once you, We're far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought, say the word with me, church, peace. He's brought peace to us. 
This Greek word here in Ephesians chapter 2 is the same word used of peace in Luke chapter 24. This freedom from worry. Not perfection, but freedom from worry. And Christ is the one who has brought this to me, to you. Amazing. Here's what else he did. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Now all of us, and here comes the good news, catch this now, all of us, every single person can come to the Father because of what Christ has done for us. This is truly a road that no one could travel except Jesus. He alone had the moral authority to say, You can now get to the Father because of me and my resurrection life and power. That's why the resurrection matters. Think about this. Only Christianity predicates its truth claims on a dead man coming back to life. No other faith system makes that claim. Only Christianity which means that the resurrection of Jesus is vitally important. It matters and it brings peace through trusting in the work of Jesus, not just knowing about it. A lot of people know about it, but it's when we trust in the work of Jesus alone that we can enter into this peaceful, loving, lasting, forever friendship with God. You can do that. You can do that. Remember Jefferson's gospel? Kind of took his scissors and went to town and created a gospel that he wanted, that he enjoyed, that he liked, that was filled with Jesus as a philosophical thinker and a great teacher. Unfortunately, I think that's where a lot of people leave Jesus. He's a great guy, fantastic leader, a thinker, great teacher, but we kind of just leave them in the grave on Friday. The problem with that is Jesus claimed to be so much more than a philosophical thinker and a great teacher. He claimed to be the resurrection and the life. He claimed to be the only way to the Father. And so we really only have two options. Either Jesus is who he claimed to be, Or he's not. There's nothing in between. Let me share three takeaways. And I think however you're feeling about Jesus and your beliefs and where you are today, I think there is a takeaway for you. So as I present these, you just find the one that fits what you're thinking about right now and use this in your life. Number one, for the unbeliever. Like you're just not there You haven't trusted in Jesus yet. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Trust in Jesus and know peace. That's available to all of us because of the resurrection. So the encouragement is trust in Jesus alone. Don't add anything to that because there's nothing we really can add. He's done it all for us. So trust in Jesus and know peace. It doesn't matter what's in your past. 
doesn't matter who you were or who you are. A fresh start with God is available to everybody through the person of Jesus. And you can have that fresh start on this Easter by trusting in Jesus alone. Takeaway number two is for the believers in the room. You've trusted in Christ. You would say he's your forever friend. Here's the encouragement. Allow the peace Jesus provides to drive your actions. Let's think about it this way. If you have trusted in Jesus, how you interact with people should be something that brings grace and forgiveness and kindness and patience and compassion and gentleness. Is that making sense? If you've trusted in Jesus... You should be bringing these things into your relationships. So I think the question all believers need to ask themselves this morning is, does that describe you? Are you bringing peace and patience and kindness, all of these things, into the different relationships that you have? Or are you a whirling dervish of conflict and angst? What is it? Here's another way to think about this. When you walk in the room, Are people happy to see you or do they roll their eyes? Right? Like, let's just keep it real. When you walk into the room, are people happy to see you or do they begin walking in a different way? See, if we have trusted in Jesus, we have this peace. And so I think our conversations, I think our interactions with people in a broken world that doesn't have a lot of peace to offer, should be filled with grace and forgiveness and kindness and patience and compassion and gentleness. So if you are a follower, bring peace into your relationships. Bring it. Bring it. The third takeaway, it's for the skeptic. You're okay with Jesus, but let's not get too crazy here. I would just encourage you to keep seeking, keep questioning. God's okay with that. He invites that from you. Keep seeking. And here's why I would say that. It's because Jesus presents compelling lines of evidence. Very compelling lines. Hard to ignore. Again, either he is who he claimed to be or he's not. There's nothing in between. Why does the resurrection of Jesus matter? Here's why. Here's why. It matters because a living Jesus initiates peace. And that is the road no one could travel except Jesus. Father, we are grateful for this celebration. It's Easter. This is a special day. It's a special day again because it's the time we celebrate what I believe is history's greatest event. It's your son, Jesus coming back to life. What an amazing story. God, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us to just think about whatever it is that you're whispering into our hearts and into our minds right now. God, there have been three different takeaways given to three different groups of people. I believe these groups and probably a lot more are represented here. And so would you just speak into our hearts right now? Would you just encourage us to take whatever step we need to take? And God, may we walk away from today 
amazed. With a little bit of joy and wonder in our hearts as we consider the claims of Jesus. God, I pray that you'd help us to act on whatever it is that you're planting into our minds and into our hearts. God, may we truly understand that the resurrection of Jesus is something that matters. It matters because it brings peace. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you're here as a believer and you're sensing that you need to work and be a little more diligent at bringing peace into your relationships. Maybe for whatever reason, there's been a lot of conflict there. And maybe you're part of the problem. And God's kind of pushing you a little bit and helping you to reconsider the peace that you can bring into the conflict. Would you just talk to God privately in your heart and say, okay, coming out of this Easter, I know that Jesus and his resurrection had initiated peace. And so I've got to bring that into my relationships as best as I possibly can. Just talk to God about that. Maybe you're a skeptic. Would you just commit today that you'll keep seeking? Maybe you'll even come back here to Valley Point and study and research and consider the claims of Christ. Maybe you're here and you're ready to trust in Jesus alone to rescue you. And that's making sense that he did all of this for you. And that by trusting in him alone and not adding anything to that, you can have this forever friendship with God. If that's where you are, I would say from your heart to God's ears in the quietness of this moment, just talk to him. That's what prayer is. Just talk to God and say something like this. God, I believe in the work of Jesus. Just tell him. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've done wrong things. I know that I've messed up my life. But I want to trust in you. And tell him from your heart to his ears that you're trusting in Jesus alone to rescue you. You're not going to add anything to that. No amount of good works, good words, no amount of stuff. There's nothing you can do to earn the favor of God except simply trust. And this is the gift of Jesus and his resurrection life. So just tell God that you're trusting in the work of Jesus alone. And just thank him. Just thank him for rescuing you. Again, with heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's a prayer that you've offered up for the very first time today, I want to say congratulations to you. I believe this will be your greatest Easter ever because you have the gift of Jesus. And God said, when you open that gift, it can never be taken away from you. God holds you in the palm of his hand. And he's mighty and strong and capable of keeping you there. Congratulations to you. You're going to have a great celebration. God, we're thankful for the gift of Jesus, your son, who came and lived the perfect life. He was the one morally qualified to pay for our sins. And he did that with his death. 
But unlike the Jefferson gospel, he didn't stay in the grave. He came back to life. And that's what we celebrate today. What a great day this is. And it matters. And the reason it matters is because it initiates peace. Peace with you and peace with others. So help us to live in that and walk in that now. We pray it in the wonderful, living name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.